Thank you for downloading this podcast from the Freedom Centre Church in Preston. We're going to take, um, well, on your screen will be one verse, Psalm 119, verse 2. There it is. Um, but I'm going to read around about that uh, uh, a little bit. And uh, this is some verses here that my father used to give me and inscribe in my Bible when I was a young boy, and uh, verse 9 particularly. But this is Psalm 119. I'll just read a few verses. Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. And then verse 2, it's on your screen. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with the whole heart. They also do no, no iniquity. They walk in his ways. You have commanded us to keep your precepts diligently. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep your statutes. Then I would not be ashamed when I look into your commandments. I will praise you with the uprightness of heart. When I learn your righteous judgments, I will keep your statutes and do not, or, or do not forsake me utterly. Verse 9. This is the verse my father used to put, and my mother, used to put in the Bibles that they used to give me. How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking, taking heed according to your word. Verse 10. With my whole heart I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. Your word I have hidden in my heart, that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes, and with my lips I have declared all the judgments of your mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies, as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and contemplate your ways. I will delight myself in your statutes. I will not forget your word. And uh, we'll just pray uh, before we start. Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, that we get to come to church. We don't have to come to church. We get to come to church. We don't have to worship. We get to worship. We don't have to pray we get given the opportunity and the privilege to pray. And Lord, we pray now. And I ask, Lord Jesus, that for hearer and speaker alike, your Holy Spirit would uh, take my words and just plant them as seed inside of our souls, inside of our hearts, inside of our spirits this morning, that we may see you begin to move in a new way in our lives a new way in our walk with you, and a new way in our attitude with you. Speak, Lord, your servants here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I've entitled this morning, It's Your Time. It's Your Time. And I want to uh, base, or as a door opener, if you like, uh, with the verse that I read from Psalm 119, verse 2. Blessed are those who keep your testimonies, who seek him with the whole heart. Who seek him with the whole heart. Or as the Amplified Bible puts it, blessed and favored by God are those who keep his testimonies and who consistently seek him and long for him 
with all their heart. Testimonies. If I was to ask you to come and give a testimony, um, that wouldn't be what basically this word here in the Old Testament is looking, talking about. A testimony is his laws. What is good and right. And I've taken uh, really one line, and this is the longest chapter in the Bible. I don't know whether you know that, Psalm 119, the longest chapter in the Bible. And I want to use it really as a doorway into what I want to speak about to us. This chapter really is a song, and it's about the importance of God's Word and the significance of running after Him not waiting for him to come to us. The Bible says the kingdom suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force. That's uh, that's Matthew 11, verse 12. Anyway, I digress. But let's start at the beginning of what I want to share this morning. How often do you say to somebody, uh, what do, or you say to your loved one or wife or whatever, you say, what did they say? What did they say? Yes, must be a generational thing. <laughs> what did they say? And maybe your wife or husband was on the phone, and you ask them, what did they say? And if you're a man and you've been on the phone, you generally say, nothing really, very much. Uh, <laughs> And if it's the opposite way around, you begin to hear a monologue of every exact word and a few more extra of what the person said. Maybe you were waiting for a decision and you say, what did they say? What did they say? Uh, Or you're waiting for somebody's opinion on something. Or you're waiting for some sort of resolution or, or even a commitment. What did they say? You know, you go to a wedding and they give the vows and you hear, and you hear maybe a mumble of I do and then you don't hear anything. What did they say? I, I don't. <laughs> no, I haven't heard that one. Or maybe you're waiting for some, or maybe you've just been nosy. What did they say? What did they say? Susan says, I'm nosy. What did they say? And we were sitting in a restaurant, you know, and I'm, she, she's, she's talking away, and I, I'm listening to the person next to me, and there's other conversation that's going on. And uh, so you say, what, what did they say? And I guess that's what Facebook's all about, isn't it? What did they say? <laughs> what they're saying? Well, this is uh, God's book. That's what he says. That's what he said, and that's what he says, and that's what he, in a sense, will always say. It's what he thinks, it's what his decision is, it's his opinion. And as we know, his opinion counts in the long run. And as we dig into it on a Sunday morning, or as we dig into it in connect groups, uh, we find out what he thinks. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, And you will seek me and you will find me. When? When you search for me with all of your heart. Must be possible to seek God with a part of your heart then. Must be possible just to come on a Sunday morning and uh, God speaks, then, then part of me will listen and a part of me will ignore. If you want to find God, God says, you'll find me when you seek me with all of your heart. Do you remember the uh, Star Trek, Caleb's into Star Trek, or 
Star Wars at the moment. There was before Star Wars, there was Star Trek, wasn't there? Uh, and there was a, a speech before every episode. Does anyone remember it? <laughs> Star Trek, TV, you know. Uh, when I say it, you'll begin to remember. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. It's five-year mission to, to explore strange new worlds, <laughs> to seek out new life and new civilizations to boldly go where no man has gone before. I changed it to this. God, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Freedom Center. Its mission to explore God's word, to seek out his truth and his revelation, to boldly go where we have never gone before. And if we do that, we have a promise. And the promise is what I've just read from Jeremiah, and you'll seek me and you will find me when you search for me with all of your heart. And my word to us this morning is, it's time to seek God. It's time in my life and in your life, and anyone who's listening on the podcast, it's time to seek God. It's your time. It's your time. And as you may have guessed, I've come home, uh, and as Susan was saying, we've come home refreshed, uh, renewed, uh, revitalized, revived, but most of all, I've come home hungry. <laughs> Not because I've been on a diet when I've been away, but spiritually hungry, hungry and thirsty. Hunger for God. Hunger to explore His Word. Hungry, hungry to see Him move more in my life, but particularly in our lives. Hungry for more uh, of God. It's time, it's time for God. In my life and in your life. In our lives. It's time for him to move in a way that maybe you've never seen him move before. Maybe you've waited for moments like this. Maybe you've longed for moments like this. Maybe you've had no interest in moments like this. But it's still time. It's still time for God and it's time, still time for God to move. Because time, and the older I get, the more I realize that time is so important. It's so important for all that what God wants to do in your life. Time. The good news is you still have time. The bad news is you have less time than you had before. Less time than you had last Sunday. Less time than you had last week, last month, last year. You have less time now than you had previously. Good news is you still have time. There's a poem called The Value of Time. And uh, this is how it goes. To understand the value of a year, ask a student who has just failed a final exam. To understand the value of a month, ask a mother who's just given birth to a premature baby. To understand the value of one week, ask the editor of a weekly newspaper. To understand the value of an hour, 
ask two lovers who are waiting to meet. To understand the value of one minute, just ask the person who's just missed the bus or the plane or the train. To understand the value of one second, just ask the person who's just avoided the accident. Second, minutes, hours count because time counts. We have time to seek God, but we don't have much, as much time as we think. And it is time to seek him individually, as families, as, as marriages, as worship groups, as connect groups, as church groups, as uh, laborers, as witnesses. It's time to seek God. Time. And we all have the same amount of it. Some people are running nations at the same time as I'm running this church. Some people are running uh, countries. Some people are running wars. Some people are running multinational organizations. And they have the same time as somebody who works in the Love Preston charity shop. We all have the exact same amount of time, 60 seconds, 60 minutes, 24 hours, 7 days, 4 or 5 weeks to the month, 12 months to the year. And how many years do you have? How many years do I have? No one knows. Sorry? God knows, but you don't. You don't know. And that's the crucial part. God says there's a time to be born and there's a time to die. And he knows the time you're born and he knows the time that we will die. And the one regret you will have when you do go, when it's all over, will not be, I wish I'd watched more films or more Strictly or more X Factor or worked harder or played harder or holidayed more or watched more football or watched more music movies or music, it'll be the wish that you'll have is, I wish I had given him more. More time. Time. And while I was away, I was listening to the podcast, which were great. Tim spoke on following Jesus. Tom spoke on the fact that something changes when Jesus walks in. The door. I should have asked you these questions, shouldn't I? Really, to tell me what they spoke on. Um, Jesus is not boring, that when he walks in the door, everything's possible. Do you remember that? Good. Uh, I want to take it further this morning, because these two messages were signposts on where we are going. We are living, at least I'm living, I don't know about you, we are living in crazy, unpredictable days. Have you noticed in the nations, there's a shaking uh, going on, and I don't mean the song... (laughs) Uh, politically, financially, relationally, uh, in politics, you'll have noticed the unbelievable is happening. The unexpected is happening. The unexplainable is happening. And finances is the exact same. The pound is down. The stock market is up. In relationships, people you thought that your friends aren't your friends. People you thought were against you aren't actually so much against you. These are crazy, crazy days. And being in America, uh, we saw a lot of it on TV, Hillary Clinton. 
I know what Hillary Clinton is going to do, and I don't like it. Donald Trump, I don't know what he would do, and I don't like that so much either. Meanwhile, in the UK, Cameron's gone. May has arrived. Brexit is here. We have Jeremy Corbyn, Tim Farron. Tim Farron used to go to a church in Preston. I don't know where you know that. Calvary Christian Fellowship. Anyway, that's the by the by. Elsewhere in the world, we have Putin, Assad, Khamenei, Netanyahu. It is like a powder keg in this world waiting to blow. Putin's actually calling home, I read a report in the paper, calling home wives and families of people who are over here uh, on the embassies across the, across the world, calling them home. Come home to the motherland, he says. That's the sort of thing you say when a war's about to start. We are living in crazy days. The world is on the move. Refugees everywhere looking for safety, looking for prosperity, looking for a new start. Everybody's looking to influence everyone else. Everyone's looking to change everyone else. Right is wrong, and wrong is right. Have you noticed that? You have no idea how much the media influence your thinking and what you think about different people in different situations. And when you actually ask people, why do you think that? It's because I saw it in the TV. But somebody writes the script in the TV, and who's that person? And what do they think? And what do they believe? Just think about that. Just because some announcer says it doesn't mean it's fact. It's maybe a slant on the fact. Everything you read in the newspaper, as we well know, is not true. How then shall we as Christians live? And it's in that context and to that situation I want to try and dig in a little bit this morning. How do we avoid the craziness? How do we avoid the bad influences? How do we avoid the pollution? How do we avoid trouble? How do we avoid the unease? The worst thing you can do is seek peace out there. Where you need to seek peace is in here. And to those who are listening, I don't mean in the Freedom Center. I mean inside your heart, inside your life. That's where we need to seek peace. It really is time to start to live what we actually say we believe. You understand? We, we sometimes say the creed, don't we? We believe. And we go through a whole line by line of what we believe. What I'm saying is it's time to start living what we believe. There's a lot of talk... Uh, You might have seen it on the media about airspace and national boundaries. And you might have heard how Putin is constantly sending ships and planes right up against a country's borders just to get them to react and to see if they will react. So lately, in the last few months, years, maybe a year or two, he's been sending planes towards British airspace and towards other European countries as well, towards the airspace to see if there will be a reaction, to see if we are on our mettle, 
to see if the RAF will actually get up and see what's happening when the planes come towards our country. He's testing our boundaries, and you'll have seen the ships come down the North Sea this week, those of you who watch the news and so forth, and across the English Channel. And I know they're on their way to Syria, but all the while, all the while he's testing to see what defense we have and if it's important to us. And what I'm telling you in the natural is a picture, and this is where I'm going this morning, is a picture of the supernatural. Because every single day of your life, not Putin, but your enemy sends his threats, sends his artillery towards your spiritual airspace to see if you and me are on guard. Just think about that. Think of Putin sending his warships, sending send these planes towards British airspace and British waters. Then think of the enemy of your soul and my soul sending his, his uh, attacking forces towards your airspace to see if you as a Christian are willing to defend what's yours. This is what's really been buzzing in my heart recently, to see if we are on guard personally. I'll give you an example. I'm sure I'm not the only one who gets emails and all sorts of messages on uh, social media that are not from the the pit of heaven, but are from the pit of hell. All sorts of weird and wonderful things people think I should be using and abusing. These are darts, enemy attacks to my spiritual airspace. And you have them too. All sorts of different things. And if you're not aware of that, then you'll not even think of what's happening to you when these enemy attacks come. So therefore you won't think of defending what's yours and what God has given you. Some of us don't react at all. We aren't bothered. We don't care. Or we're not informed. Or we've given up. And we're not even maybe aware that we're under threat. And some of us, when we don't respond, we find ourselves giving up more and more ground to the enemy. That's why when a Christian goes AWOL, they go worse than a normal person going AWOL. Sometimes you just go berserk. You think, that's weird. The enemy has tested and tested inch by inch by inch by inch. And Putin will send his aircrafts and, airsh- and ships and so forth within as a half a mile or a few hundred yards of our territory to see how much we value our territory. Well, the enemy does the exact same to you. He comes towards you, and I'll go through how he does that. He comes towards you, and he's wanting to see whether you are going to respond. It's time for change. It's our time, and we have the time. What we need is the opportunity and the inclination and the disposition and the proclivity to change. And I want to help you this morning and encourage you to grasp and take the time that you <coughs> excuse me, have. Because if we don't take the time, the time will take us. If we give up the ground, the enemy will take the ground that you don't defend. And let me tell you the times that we're living in. 
It's the times that Jesus spoke of. Matthew 12, verse 43. This is what he said. When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places seeking rest and finds none. Then he says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when he comes, he finds it empty, swept and put in order. Then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits, more wicked than himself. And they enter and dwell there. And the last day of that man is worse than the first. So shall it be with this wicked generation. That's why I talked about when a Christian goes bad, it goes a lot worse than often other people are. This is Jesus speaking in Matthew chapter 12. We are this wicked generation. And some of us are fighting demons that are only there because we gave up our spiritual airspace. We gave them the right to stand there. And my word to all of us this morning is take it back. Take the ground back and fight for what is yours. Take the time to protect your spiritual airspace. And how do you do that? Well, you do what our government does. You stand your ground. You protect what's yours and what's yours alone. And that's happened, if some of you won't remember this, that's what happened in the Falkland Islands War. Argentina uh, sent a few ships as a trial uh, to one of our territories in, in the South Atlantic. It's a faraway place that you've never heard of called South Georgia. And from memory, these weren't even warships. These were, ju- these were just civil ships. And they sent them to this far remote place. And as they sent them there, they were asking our government a question. Are these islands, are these people important enough to you? That's the question. Do you have the inclination as a nation to stand up for these islands that are the other side of the world? Now, I'm not talking politics, whether it's right or wrong. I'm just telling you that's what's happening. And that's exactly what the enemy does with me. And that's what he does with you. Are you willing to let go of that little bit of freedom? Will you give in to that small temptation? Will you listen to this insignificant lie and not face it up and say that's not true? That's what he does. You're a failure. You'll never amount to anything. Little push at your airspace. This situation will never change. You're always going to be like this, prodding your defenses. Let me read some verses to you. Galatians 5. Christ has liberated us to be free. Stand firm and don't submit again to a yoke of slavery. Because that's what he wants to do. He wants to enslave you. 1 Corinthians 16. Be alert. Be firm in the Christian faith. Be courageous and strong. 1 Timothy 6. Fight the good fight of faith. Luke 21. Stand firm and you will win life. James 5, be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. Psalm 112, surely the righteous will never be shaken. They will be remembered forever. Proverbs 12, man cannot be made secure by wickedness, but the root of the righteous is 
immovable. Matthew 10, the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. How can we do it? God does it. We just have to allow him to do it. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We can do it. He can do it, but will you let him do it? He's got the machinery, he's got the artillery, he's got the planes, he's got the warships, he's got the people, but will you allow him to use them? And will you use them? But let me tell you what's happened in the church generally, but often in our lives. Airspace, spiritual airspace, has been given up. And so now we find ourselves open to any old attack from any sort of person with any sort of beliefs. As a nation, we stop believing what we believed. And so, no, so now we're open to everything, every religion, every faith, everything. Christian nation has become secular nation. And it's not how it's meant to be. It's just like your computer. If you're silly enough to not, like me sometimes, to not allow updates onto your computer. Well, you go on and on like that for a while, you will find you no longer have access to a computer at all. It'll shut down. Viruses will come. The computer will crash because you've never allowed updates. And what's true again in the natural is true in the supernatural. God wants to update you daily, hourly. Update us. He wants to download stuff to us, defenses, advice, different way of doing things. Will you accept this update later? You find, you find yourself clicking. I'm on Facebook later. I'm on Twitter later. I'm searching for this on the internet later, 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 later. Never happens. Protection. That's all God wants to give us. He says, put on the whole armor. The whole armor. Say the whole armor. Whole. Whole. (laughs) This is the the fighting troops. Put on the whole armor. Be strong in the Lord and in his power. You're not wrestling against flesh. You're not fighting him, her, them. Whoever, him, her, them. This isn't a natural battle. This is a supernatural battle. It's a spiritual battle. Your battle battles against who? It's against principalities and powers. This is reality, what I'm telling you. So that neighbor who really irritates you, or that boss at work, or that person you're working with, or whoever it is, I'm not saying they're evil, but I'm saying the enemy can use people and situations and problems and pains to provoke you and battle against you. Principalities and powers against rulers of darkness, against who? Against spiritual hosts of wickedness. Spiritual hosts of wickedness. What would you think a spiritual host of wickedness is? Um, Anybody 
anything, any nation, any group, any person who actively hosts wickedness. See, most of us think of wickedness as uh, like just the, the darkest, dark evil that, that I can almost not even describe publicly. That's what you think um, wickedness is. And you hear about it from time to time, and you read about it time to time in newspapers, on TV, news flash, news item. You think, that's just wicked. You might even hear yourself saying, that's just wicked. And it's true, it is wicked. But wickedness doesn't start there. It starts much more simply than that. The enemy doesn't start there with you, and he doesn't start it with me. He starts it more subtly. And he starts it by trying to seek Uh, to invade our spiritual airspace. Let me just turn to uh, Proverbs um, chapter 6. And let me read some verses. Because here, the the writer is talking about the wicked man. And see if this is what you think uh, a wicked man is. The wicked man... Uh, Proverbs 6, verse 12. A worthless person, a wicked man, walks with a perverse mouth. He winks with his eyes. He shuffles his feet. He points his finger. Perversity is in his heart. He devises evil continually. He sows discord. Therefore, his calamity shall come suddenly. Suddenly he shall be broken without remedy. These six things the Lord hates. Seven, the writer says, not six, seven, are an abomination to him. All right, now we're getting down to it. What's it going to be? Stuff that we see in the Daily Mail and the Sun and the Express, the Times even. Well, verse 17, a proud look. A lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift in running to evil, a false witness who speaks lies, and one who sows discord among brethren. (laughs) Can you believe that? That... Is what the enemy says. So that's what the, the Lord says is wicked. Now, if I'd asked us what's wicked, you would have said child abuse. You would have said um, murder. You would have said all sorts of different things like that. And, and it's true. But when the Bible talks about wickedness, it starts more basic than that. It starts more basic. And that, according to God, is just as wicked as the things that you read on the internet, things you read and hear in the news, see in your papers. Anyone who's feeding you lies in discord is sending darts into your airspace. And it's the enemy trying to take ground in my life and in your life. And it's just the start of the battle. It can get a lot worse than that. So we need to learn as Christians to keep up our defenses. And remember one thing that Satan loves. Satan loves void spaces. And like the weeds in your garden, 
They will fill any space that you leave void. He will fill it. And we often say we are the light of the world. Oh, we are the light of the world. But often we don't switch that light on. We are only the light of the world if we switch the button. So we need to fill our airspace with worship, with praise, with his word, with fellowship. We need to avoid troublemakers, avoid strife, avoid bad company. We need to seek out good company. We need to protect ourselves. We need to arm ourselves. And one of the speakers at the conference, Susan didn't quote this, but one of the speakers at the conference said, uh, Christians uh, just turn up on a Sunday. They just turn up. A sports team never turns up at the ground on a Saturday afternoon. They train and they work and they drill themselves and they practice and they rehearse all week and then they turn up to display what, what they've practiced during the week. They display it on the weekend. But Christians just turn up. And then they say things like, I didn't get anything from that. I don't feel anything. I don't feel God. I didn't enjoy it. I didn't get anything. I don't believe it. It's because during the week there is no training. So therefore, when they come to church, there's no expectation. You understand? There's no expectation because when the sports team train all week, there's an expectation. We are going to perform. Something's going to happen. We're going to get a victory this weekend because they have trained all week for that. We don't turn off, up often with that expectation. And it's because we've let our defenses down. And inch by inch, in some lives here, there's been a territory lost and lost and lost and lost and lost and lost and lost. And maybe that's what happens during the week. So you go from Sunday to Sunday. So Sunday with Tom preaching last week and the worship event, you gained some ground. We've gained some ground. We've got our ground back. We've got our mojo back. We're into it. We're fighting. Then it comes from Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. The enemy's coming against us, inch by inch, inch by inch, inch by inch. We're losing ground. We're losing ground. A bit more ground. A bit more ground. A bit more ground. A bit more ground. Oh, thank goodness it's Sunday. Oh, I can get my mojo back. I can get... We're back in. Oh, glory to God. We're moving. Oh, we're shaking. Everything's going on. It's wonderful. Oh, God's with me. He's blessed me. He's for me. He's going to help me. I'm going to get healed. I'm going to get a new job. God's going to be okay. Everything's fine. And then Monday, a bit more. Just, Satan will leave you alone on a Sunday. Thinks, leave them on a Sunday. Let them have their Sundays. Let them have their worship. Let all that just happen. Because I know Monday I'm going to be flying some planes towards the territory. Monday, there's ships coming towards them, and I know them. They're going to give up ground. So somebody's going to come along and tell them a lie, and they'll believe it. They'll, feel, they'll hear themselves moaning and groaning, and they think, that's okay. doesn't matter. doesn't harm anyone. The enemy says, see Tuesday, Wednesday, I've got them. Thursday, Friday, well, I'm in full flow. I've taken territory. Saturday, oh, watch, here we go, Sunday again. Here they go, back up. You understand? That's what happens in our life. We need to fill our airspace, not just on a Sunday. We don't just worship on a Sunday. We worship all week. We don't just read our Bibles on a, on a Sunday. We read it all week. 
We don't just fellowship on a Sunday, we fellowship all week. The New Testament church went from house to house, fellowshipping, feeding each other, helping each other, giving to each other. And often we hear ourselves saying, I can't make connect group. I'm just this or that or the next thing. And we've started to put little structures in place where God can have two hours on a Sunday morning, maybe an hour during the week, and then two hours. But you see, enemy takes, just has a field day with that. He's thinking, well, leave them, let them have the little boxes, and I'll operate outside of the boxes. So fill your airspace with worship, with praise, with his word, with fellowship, and avoid troublemakers, avoid strife, avoid bad company, seek out good company. There's some people in your life that are not good for you. You should leave them well alone. And you have my permission to do that. Because they are like arrows into your life. Oh, but they're nice. Yeah, but they're bad for you. They're not bad people, yeah, but they're bad for you. And there's fiery darts coming against us. We need to protect ourselves. We need, we need to make sure our defenses are up. The enemy doesn't attack on a Sunday, generally. He attacks Monday through Saturday. He's happy for you to have one day. We need to stand up and say, no, enough is enough. Satan no more. No more ground. No more space. No more territory. No more of your military games. I'm going to measure up. I'm going to read. I'm going to pray. I'm going to worship. I'm going to start praising on my own. Have you ever praised on your own? Had your own praise party? You can, you know. Thank you, Lord. I can start now. And you'd all be, <laughs> you'd all be looking on. Maybe you start with me. Have your own praise party. Have your own worship time. Have your own service. You don't need Susan. You don't need me. You don't need Tom. Have your own service. We need a solid base in our lives. And this isn't enough on a Sunday morning. Because emotions come and emotions go. Feelings come, feelings go. But the word of the Lord stands for ever. Sometimes we blame everyone else but ourselves, and we are often our own worst enemy. John Hagee says something really funny. He says, if you had to kick the backside of the person who, is hurt, who has hurt you the most, you wouldn't sit down for weeks. Oh, it's them. It's him. It's her. It's that. No, it's you. You're the one that allowed them into your life. You're the one that spent the money and now you're struggling to pay back. It's you. If you had to kick the backside of the person who has hurt you the most, you wouldn't sit down for weeks. And we have let our spiritual air defenses down and we're under attack. And that's the word of the Lord to us as a church right now. And the 23rd of October, 2016, that is the word of the Lord a Rima word, an Old Testament word, a New Testament word. It's a now word for you, for me, for our families, for us as a congregation, for us as husbands, for us as wives, for us as sons, for us as daughters, for all of us. Wake up. Wake up. You're under attack. Sit up. Stand up. Because one day soon, we're going up. 
Maybe sooner than what you think. This is our time. You've been born for this moment. Born to get this chance. Born for this church. Born for this time. So what are you going to do with this time? Ephesians 5.16 says, Work circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. It says, Redeem the time. The days are evil. So it's your time. It's my time. It's our time. We have to decide it's going to be time. In verse 59 of the same psalm that I wrote, uh, same psalm that we read, Psalm 119, this is what it says. I thought about my ways and turned my feet to your testimonies. I'm going to give you a chance to think about your ways. You're going to give me a chance to think about my ways. Think of your ways. Let's just pray. Think of your ways. Think of your airspace. Think of your life. Think of the decisions you've made, responses that you've had, the message that you've got into, the things that you want out of. Think of your ways. Let me tell you, God says, despite all of that, this is your time. This is your time. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties. See if there is any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Search me, O God. Know my heart. Try me. Know my anxieties. See if there's any wicked way, not in our nation, not in our city, not even in our church. See if there be any wicked way in me. Things that you call wicked, where the enemy is taking some of my airspace. Lord, I'm taking it back this morning. We're going to regain some ground this morning. Lead me in the way everlasting. As I've been speaking, every eye closed, as I've been speaking this morning, some of us, God has, by His Holy Spirit, has been putting His finger on some things. And He's been saying, that's where you've lost some ground. Through that company, through that click of a button on a computer, from listening to that lie, enemy, from the pit of hell, or even from a neighbor, or a friend, or somebody who's a brother or a sister, the lie has come and it's taken some ground. And you've lost something, which is territorial yours. God says, I want to give it back to you this morning. I want to give it back. I want to give it back. And let me tell you how he's going to give it back. The first thing you need to do is ask him for help. Ask him that you need his firepower and his weapons and his authority 
to take the ground back. If that's you this morning, I just want you to raise your hand and I'm going to pray a prayer of taking some ground back this morning. Some ground back. Some ground's going to be gained back this morning. Just keep your hands up. God is going to help you take some ground back in your life. You've lost some ground. You've lost some territory because you didn't defend what was yours and yours alone. So while your hands raised, Father, you see these hands. These are people, Lord, who want to take ground back that is yours, that is theirs, that you've given them. Supernaturally, you paid at the cross for the ground and the territory that is theirs. So, Lord Jesus, I pray that you will send your artillery, that you will send your spiritual warplanes and spiritual warships and spiritual troops and regain the ground that they willingly gave up. So now, Lord, we take it back in our spirit, in our eye, we see in our mind, we see that ground being regained. We see some authority coming in our lives. We see some discipline coming. We recognize that from now on we'll be on a war footing. And we're going to get some ground back. And the enemy isn't going to have a field day anymore in that situation, on that ground, in that territory. From now on, this is mine. And mine alone. And Lord Jesus, we offer up that ground, whatever that ground was, whatever that territory was, we offer it up to you and say, Lord, this is, this is sacred ground. If anybody comes onto this ground, they take their shoes off because this is holy ground. This is ground that you paid a price for. And I receive this territory. Lord, I will manage this territory. Lord, I will govern this territory. I will look after this territory. I will take authority in Jesus' name over this territory. Lord, we clean up our act this morning in that area. We clean the ground out and we declare it sacred. Please put your hands down. And let me tell you, whether you put your hand up or you didn't put your hand up, if you prayed that prayer, God has swept that area clean. It's now got your territory, your name marked in that territory. Now, now we need God to fill it by his Holy Spirit. Because let me tell you, you leave that ground uncared for, unprotected. The enemy will go and get some friends. Say, come with me. I know a place we can go back to. So Holy Spirit, I ask that you will fill that ground, fill these lives, take that territory and use it for your kingdom's sake. And no more will we listen to what we've been listening to. No more will we say what we've been saying. No more will we give up ground willy-nilly. But we will fight for what's ours. And we will look after it and we will protect it and we will maintain it and we will use it for your kingdom and for your glory and for your honor. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your mercy that follow us all the days of our lives.
you know, there's some people, just God speaking to me just now, there's some people who you need to get rid of in your life nicely. There's some people who you need to embrace in your life, who God has placed in your life. And they're there for a reason and they're there for a purpose. Maybe maybe even you've married them. (laughs) And you're thinking, oh, why, oh, why, Lord? This is too much for me to bear. God says, no, 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 no. They're there for a purpose. That's not the enemy. That's me. Warts and all. For better, for worse. For richer, for poorer. A covenant relationship. God wants to bring some healing this morning. Don't try and change what God has placed in your life. Only change, change what the enemy is trying to force on you. What the enemy is trying to tempt you with. Don't have a hard heart this morning. Soften our hearts, Lord. We want to see Jesus. Time's fully gone. But let God minister into your life this morning. For some people this morning, this is a holy moment. For some people this morning, what I've preached on this morning is going to save you from a lot of hurt and a lot of pain. Because the enemy was coming with his tanks and his bulldozers and his building materials and he was going to set up camp in that area that you have just declared yours. You see, what would happen with Argentina is if we hadn't defended South Georgia, if we hadn't defended the Falkland Islands, what would happen is they would raise their flag and that would become their territory. And we would have no rights in that territory because we would have given that up to the enemy. But when you lift the standard of the Lord above your territory and you say to Satan, no more, out in the name of Jesus. There is no occupation here going to happen. Satan has no right to come against you in your life. He has no foothold So, Father, we take possession of all that's ours this morning. In Jesus' lovely and precious name, amen. Amen. For more information about our church or to access more of our resources, please visit thefreedomcenter.com.